0: Hello and welcome back
1: to another episode of the Lunch Bell Guys podcast. I am your host, Wyatt, co hosting alongside Lucas, Jared, and Bart. No, Aiden, this week. It is week 173. Before we get into our main topics, let's go ahead and go through some news that we missed. Dylan Brooks lives rent free in NBA players' heads. Clay Thompson does the one, two, three, four count the rings taunt in retaliation. One of the worst taunts in the world. What do we think?
2: (laughs)
3: I think the, the the one two three four chant has gotten a little corny at this point. It, yeah. Like I think yeah, the Warriors do it all the time. I'm Like okay, like come on, we get it. You're eight and twenty nine on the road this year. Let's not <laughs> flex too much about how it's going. I,
1: I I yeah, and I think Clay Thompson shot like one for six from that yeah. game as well. I think that like yeah. that was like an objectively bad game from Clay Thompson. That you can't just like you can't you can't bust that out then. Mm,
0: yeah. Mm. I'm, I like the the Grizzlies Warriors rivalry I like it. though. It's, it's, I think it's fun. Yeah, I think it's kind of fun.
1: No, I do too. I just think it's lame to be like, well, they they like we won four championships. They they couldn't talk to us.
0: Well, they 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 haven't even won. I think one, you can though. just <laughs> so like yeah, they can't talk.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not like it's not like okay. Mm-hmm. Well, wait till you win your fourth one in ten years, and then we can start going back and forth with each other. I so think that concerned. that is so lame.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Um, Lucas said it the Warriors won a road game going to 8-29 congrats and speaking of the, the Grizzlies still the, John Morant is making his NBA re-debut the grand reopening of John Morant today um, right now he scored oh, I'm sorry I had it he scored 17 points in 22 minutes so far Oh, from 2 from 3 Six of thirteen.
4: Okay. <clears throat> Make not of bad. it what you can. Yeah, no, not bad. Best player in the league. Best American player. <clears throat>
2: so I was like, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, because everyone else above him is European, yeah, at least. Are, four or three African. or four guys. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um well, let's go into some power rankings. The ten best teams in the league. Lucas. I bestow the honor of the number one overall pick to you. Who do you got at the best team in the league?
3: I think, and I don't think I'm crazy in picking this, but I think mm-hmm. the Sixers are number one. I think the, I think the NBA's official power rankings also had them at number one this week, so I don't think this is just a homework pick either. Um, but they're on an eight-game win streak before I decided to tune in and watch a mm-hmm. game and they lose. <laughs> I have watched maybe 10 to 15 Sixers games this year, and I think they've lost like 13 of them, and I feel like that has to in some way be related. But, assuming I do not continue to watch, I think they have been the best team in the NBA recently. they the best record in the NBA since Harden and Embiid came back. Again, on an eight-game win streak, as we speak now, they're playing the Bulls. They went up 23-1 to at one point in this game. Um, they, Embiid hasn't played the second half because apparently they're up by so much. People are talking, saying he might have gotten hurt a little bit. So let's hope that's not the case. Um, but regardless, um, speaking of Embiid, he has, I think, catapulted himself to MVP frontrunner status. Um, the betting book, the sports books are all saying it, including DraftKings, who you will hear about uh, later in this episode. all have Embiid as the betting favorite. Um, and he has he went seven consecutive games with at least 30 points on 55% shooting or higher. He's only the second person ever to do that after LeBron James, who did it in 2013. And yeah, Embiid is just playing out of his mind. He's been the best player in the NBA for the last two or three weeks. Um, And the Sixers as a team are also doing really well. They're top three in net rating, in offensive rating, and in true shooting percentage. Based on the last two weeks, I think, I think the Sixers have a pretty clear shot at being number
5: one. So I'll put them at number one in the
3: rankings.
1: Bart, who's the second best team?
5: Uh, I have the Bucks here. I have no qualms with your with your choice, Lucas. I had Bucks once, Sixers two, but I think it, it's totally valid. Um, I had the Bucks first last time we did power rankings, and to be honest, I I think they're still like they have a very good argument to be the best team in their past fifteen. They're twelve and three, and get this, they're seven and two against teams over five hundred in that stretch. They beat the Suns twice, the Nets twice, the Kings, the Heat, and the Celtics that's pretty spicy i love the fact that they are good against good teams um it's just the same thing that i said last time their defense still carries them in the sense that their offense is middle of the road but their defense is so so good i also saw a stat that they are 27 and 8 in clutch games, which is exceptional it's the best in the nba and that also bodes really well for crunch time in the playoffs and even just late in the regular season um, and, yeah, I don't really want to rehash too much about their key players. Like, Brooke Lopez is still a stud. Giannis is, you know, I agree with Lucas that Joel Embiid is probably going to win the MVP. But Giannis actually has a very, very good case as well because he literally has a case for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Bucks right now are first in the East. Uh, and they've been playing really, really well recently. I've, uh, I have no qualms with putting them at number two here.
4: Not
1: the Nuggets, huh? <laughs> Jared, are you going to pick the
4: Nuggets?
0: No, I'm, I'm going to pick the Cavs here, actually, I think. They're definitely a team that's been really good since the All-Star break. Mm. I think they're 7-3 in their last 10 games. Um, and a team like the Celtics, who I considered, has kind of been playing like a little cupcake schedule recently, other than the Kings recently. Um, so I want to give the Cavs just for the momentum here. Um, but I think I wouldn't mind it if somebody put the Celtics here or Nuggets too, or Kings even. I've seen them up there too. But I'm going to go Cavs for the third pick.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to opt on the side of momentum. At number four, I have the Sacramento Kings, who have now—the last time I picked them, they had the second best offense in the league. They now have the lead, lead, leading offense, and they're technically tied, or I don't know if it's better or worse for the best record since the All Star break at 11 and four. The Bucks are at 11 and three so far. So, I mean, they—they've they, been hot. Their defense is not necessarily great. They're ranked 26th at the moment, but um, you know, I'm going to i am going to give some love to the beam. <laughs> They're still in play for the number two uh, rank in the West here. Uh, And right now, the reason why I'm going to pick them over Boston is because not only does it seem that Jalen Brown feels like like he can't wait to get out of Boston at this point of being constantly in trade rumors, I think that that is going to be an issue. Jason Tatum is also not exactly playing super well, shooting 29% from the three-point range right now. So I think Sacramento deserves a little love, and being a team who has been historically awful Welcome mm-hmm. to the number four spot. Lucas, who do you have at fifth?
5: Uh, well, I just want to add one thing that you didn't mention. Not only is their offense the best in the league right now, it's, they're on pace to be the best offense of all time. Period. That's Which crazy. Is crazy. Mm, that is crazy. I don't feel like who is the
1: best of all time? Currently? Yeah. Is it the Warriors at some point?
5: Uh, Name the Warriors like... team. <laughs> yeah. It's probably the Warriors. Lucas, why don't you give Lucas. us the
1: pick at five, and we'll come back to that.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Celtics. They were alluded to earlier. Yes, they have slipped up a little bit. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Tatum has struggled. Brown has struggled. But yet, they're still second place in the East at this point. The advanced stats, they don't lie. They're the only team that's top three in offensive rating, defensive rating, and net rating. I think they showed that they were good enough earlier in the year um they can make a deep run in the playoffs especially if they come against the sixers they always give the sixers a lot of trouble and i think again while there have been struggles recently i think they're not enough to necessitate a drop out of the top five they still have maybe this i think the second best rating in, or second best record in the nba at that point a team that has the second best record should not be outside the top five in power rankings in any scenario
5: so i'll put pick this up at five
1: Bart, do we have an answer?
5: We do have an answer, and it's actually kind of a surprising one. It's the twenty 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 one mm. Nets. So Kyrie, Katie, and Harden. Oh. Uh, but also there's a caveat because I guess they only played seventy two games that season. Yeah, because COVID. Yeah. It was because um, of COVID, I think. Yeah. So the yeah. maybe those ten games would have changed it. Um anyway, okay, so at number six, I guess I'm taking the nuggets. <laughs> 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 uh Again, I, <laughs> I think. feel like yeah, okay, yes, you're right, exactly the same spot. Although this time, I'm not as mad. Last time, I had reason to be mad, but somehow you guys could tell I couldn't see it coming. The Nuggets kind of slipped recently. They have slipped, and I'm not going to deny that. They're just 9-6 and six in their last 15. Um, but you know what? I don't care, because they still have the league's best win percentage against teams over 500. They still have, they're not the Kings, but they have the second best offense in the league. So, you know, second runner-up to the best offense of all time isn't the worst thing. I also saw, apparently, in the clutch, they're really, really good on both sides of the ball, which surprised me. Uh, Like, both offensively and defensively, so it's, like, a weakness for them normally, but defense becomes a strength for them in late game, which, again, bodes well in the playoffs. Uh, I will say that we we saw pretty clearly that teams have started attacking Jokic in the paint. Like, I know it's weird because, like, his advanced defensive metrics say he's actually, like, a good defender, and people will say, okay, just look at these highlights when he literally stands there in the paint while guys (laughs) drive in and, and score. That's a little bit concerning. The fact that Jamal Murray has been pretty terrible recently, or at least super inconsistent, is concerning. Their bench is like has become a weakness, but they still are so good because Jokic can carry them most of the time. So, hopefully, they get that figured out for the playoffs. I'm taking the Nuggets here at six.
1: Jared, before we move on to number seven, I wanted to kind of go back to the offensive rankings. If the season were to end today, the ten out of the ten highest-rated NBA offenses. Of- Five of them would have came from this year, by the way. Denver right Whoa. now is currently in second place. They would they would eke just above the Brooklyn Nets, um, the Seventy Sixers, the Kings, of course, and the New York Knicks are all in the mix right now for the top for potentially top ten ranked offenses all time. Is that that's crazy. Like that is great. Denver's yeah. actually like right behind Sacramento, but still not that good. Jared, who do you have at
0: the seventh pick? I think I'm going to go with the Grizzlies. I I was considering either them or the Knicks, um, but they're getting John Morant back now, so that should hopefully give them some good momentum. They've been playing pretty well in their last 10, too, as well, Um, and they're a a team that's really good, really good at home. There's definitely struggles on the road, too, but a really good home team, which... Will bode well for them in the playoffs if they can keep the two seed. Um. So,
5: yeah, and they should keep the two seeds because I saw there six of go. their next eight games are at home. So, with that stat in mind, they should yeah. keep it, even though the Kings um, are right Yeah, there. so I
0: think it's close, but I think like if you're if you're projecting momentum, it's going to be the Grizzlies.
4: Yeah, I think. Jared, I'm going to go with the Knicks here
1: at pick eight. I, I actually kind of wanted to do the Clippers, but I don't really have a whole lot of confidence in them. I also don't actually have any confidence in the Knicks, mainly because they're the New York Knicks. Um, Julius Randle is the most confusing best player on the team because I think, mm-hmm. what did he go for? What? He went for 57 just the other night. He has a true shooting percentage of 58%, which is not exactly uh, good at all. It's so weird watching Julius Randle. On one given night, he is a star. On another given night, like today they lost, he only scored 15 points. So I I don't really know what to make of him. I like how excited the fans get. And maybe they'll start a parade here. Welcome to pick number eight. Shout out Aiden. Lucas, shout out Aiden. (laughs) Who is the ninth best team in the league?
3: See, after the Knicks, it kind of falls off for me. Like, I think the top eight is relatively well-defined. Um even, Like, I think you very clearly have, like, a top five, top six, and then the Grizzlies and Knicks sort of a step down after that. I'm going to go Heat, I think, um, based off just the quality of wins recently. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10, which is better than a lot of the teams on this list. Just quickly cruising through stat news before this. Most of the teams who are on this list are in this sort of area. The Clippers, the Knicks, are, like, around 500 in their last 10 heat are seven and three but they also really good quality of wins in those last ten they've beaten the knicks they've beaten the grizzlies and they've beaten the Cavs, three teams that are already on this list so in terms of quality of when the heater playing well jimmy's playing decently he's averaging 26 points about seven rebounds five assists in that game so again there's not a lot of teams around here i consider the warriors the clippers maybe the suns or knicks or mavericks but it's just sort of a, a mush of teams and based on the quality of win recently Having those three wins against teams we've already ranked in the Knicks, the uh, Grizzlies, and the Cavs, I'll give the Heat
5: the nine spot.
4: Bart, last pick.
5: Um. Yeah, I also am considering the Clippers, and I probably would take them over the Suns. I am going to take the Suns. However, Paul George just yeah. hurt his knee, and he's apparently out for two to three weeks. So, if we're going to be talking about like key players being out, Durant seems like a better <laughs> player to have when, he, when they come back. <laughs> um. Although I did have written in my notes that I'm I'm getting tired of the whole like projecting hypothetically about the Suns with Kevin Durant stop being hurt and come back and play right he's played three games with them, uh, I mean I th- I think they're three zero but like he's already missed six more I think since and he got re injured none at home so none at home I don't think he's played at home yet okay well there you go so clearly they have the pieces like right Devin Booker is still like an offensive supernova. Chris Paul is taking a step back, but he's still um, distributing like at an elite level this year. I'm um, i just, I'm just saying, I, at some point, I'm going to get sick of saying the Suns will be good. I want to see Kevin Durant actually play with them and show us that they're going to be a contender in the playoffs this year. Otherwise, this is just completely hypothetical, and I don't like that. But I'm still saying the Clippers are going to be without Paul George, so the Suns are still a better team once fully healthy.
1: Yeah, when he twisted his ankle that was supposed to be his home debut on March 9th, and of course, he's he'll be out for three weeks from that point. And I, yeah, like you said, it's like when they're always hurt, it's hard mm-hmm. to say. Well, when they're healthy, uh, like when they're healthy, they're they're not very good, I don't think. So when Kevin Durant is not around, um, what, I mean, what are you supposed to do with that? It's kind of seem like he's not really going to be around for a while. <clears throat> Before we move on to our next topic, let's go ahead and hear a quick ad read. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line, bet, and score 150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine bets for a shot for an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up with code TPPN right now. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. NFL free agency has kicked off on March 15th, just a couple days from before uh, we started recording this. It's been over a week now, and it's time to digest some of the moves that have been made so far. Lucas, what was the best move so far in free agency, and what was the worst?
3: All right, for the best, I'm going to go with the Bengals signing Orlando Brown at left tackle. A few reasons I think this is the best move. One, the price tag. Apparently, he was expecting to get around $20 million. They negotiated him down to only per year. Um, they negotiated him down to get to 60 million per year, which leaves open some cap space to fill in some other gaps that the team has. Second, just the overall quality of player. He's one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. He helped the Chiefs on all those runs. He'll be great for the Bengals in protecting Joe Burrow. And that gets into another reason why I think it is one of the best signings. Not only is it an upgrade over Jonah Williams, who they would previously had at left tackle, but The Bengals line has not been kind to Joe Burrow in his time there. It was especially more pronounced two years ago, um, even when they made the Super Bowl run in spite of the line. But Burrow, even last year in 2022, was the sixth most sacked quarterback in the NFL. So any sort of upgrade he can get on the line, providing him greater protection will help the team generally. They don't want Burrow to get injured because the line is breaking down and he's getting sacked all the time or to shorten his career in any way because of injuries. So... Burr won't always be able to work his magic, so having a line in front of him helps, and Brown is the perfect addition there. Uh, so I'll go, that, I'll go that for the best. As for the worst, I think it's going to oh. be Derek Carr to the Saints. Uh, Wyatt alluded to this in the last episode, that the Saints just need to give themselves a real hard look in the mirror and tell themselves that they are not a quarterback away from com- from being competitive. They need to, I think, go forward and blow it up and rebuild. And by signing Carr, they take themselves away from that. They made him the 10th highest paid quarterback in the league, which I do not think he is deserving of. I honestly don't think he's that big an upgrade over Jameis. Uh, And for the 10th highest, that's in per year amount. He's regressed in the last few years. He has only ever played in one playoff game, which he lost and barely had a 50% completion percentage in that playoff game. And now he has a contract that equivalent to go to Kirk Cousins um, and Matt Stafford. Which, say what you will about Kirk Cousins, um, but he's a better quarterback than Derek Carr, I think by some margin. Um, and Stafford has won a Super Bowl. He, like, Carr is nowhere in the range of that. And then the Saints are mortgaging a future that doesn't even really exist for them in order to go all in on Carr, which seems like a mistake. Uh, so for that reason, I think Carr to the Saints
4: is the worst move of free agency so far. Yeah, the, if the Saints, it was admirable for the Saints
1: to go all in when Drew Brees was around and say, he has two years left. We're going to do whatever we can to put ourselves in a great position to win. As soon as Drew Brees <laughs> retired, give it up. They would be back to like contention right now if they decided that they weren't going to try to hold on to the, the ghost of Brees' past and the ghost of Peyton's past now at this point. Like, mm-hmm. you have a new head coach who I, who's really not that good. And you have a roster that is not that talented. And you could have just moved on from Lattimore and Cam Jordan and Michael Thomas and in Kamara and put together all of this stuff. But instead, you know, you, you go out and you get Derek Carr and like Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas still has like a fifty million dollar <laughs> cap hit or something like that. He did at yeah. least at some they restructured his contract.
4: But like
1: what 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 are you really doing? By going out and doing all that stuff, it, it, it to go and go seven and eight and lose in the first round, sure. Uh, Lucas, I think the best deal might have been the bargain that the Lions got for C.J. Gardner Johnson.
3: I uh, yeah, I consider that as well. Um, so one year, it's
1: only a one year deal, but one year, eight million dollars for a DB. The DB market has not exactly been too hot this year, and even Jesse mm-hmm. Bates, who uh, got a contract this year, is only the fourth highest paid deep or safety, I think, in the league. So it's not exactly like it was going to be a bidding war, but adding Cameron Sutton and then adding C.J. Gardner-Johnson and uh, Emmanuel Mosley to that secondary who desperately needs some help, it is... I think the Lions are truly in a position to get Jalen Carter. There, there are reports that he's going to fall. I think the first four picks mm-hmm. are going to be um, quarterbacks anyway, or at least in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Or Maybe not the first four, depending on what... Car- uh, Arizona does, but I do, I really do think that they're in a position to get an elite D line person. I, I thought that they may try to get Christian Gonzalez, at the at six pick doesn't really seem like that's going to be the case if they go out and add so many weapons to the secondary. So I think adding CJ Gardner Johnson is going to be a huge move for them long-term because it gives them a lot of freedom this year, at least to solidify their D line and actually make a real push for what I think they might be able to make a push to win that division.
4: Hey, now. No, I considered, I I, yeah,
3: I like, considered the CJGJ move, but I don't, yeah. in good conscience, as an Eagles fan, I could not pick a move where the Eagles, looked <laughs> like, they came away with it with an egg on their face a little bit. Mm. So. But, but no, it's definitely one of the better moves, especially, it seems like they got them at a, a pretty good price.
5: I feel like the knock against it is that it's, a, like, a prove-it deal. Like, yeah. why didn't they lock him down for longer? It seems strange to me. And I also feel bad for him, because do I remember correctly that the Eagles did want to get him locked down for multi-years? I think and they offered him three
3: years, 20-some million or something,
2: and he turned it down.
5: Yeah. yeah. So, when betting on yourself backfires. But if he's good, then I guess he'll get a lot more money next offseason.
2: Yeah.
4: Well, how about yeah, the... My... Go ahead.
5: Pardon. Oh. I was just gonna. I was gonna say my my meta takeaway when looking through these was that it seems a lot easier to find good moves than than bad moves. Yeah. And I, I was just like, it's like a, a, the the Derek Carr one and Mike McGlinchey, which we mentioned last episode, yeah. seem like those two standouts, and that's only because they paid a lot for him. But I was just thinking, it's interesting that like generally free agency seems to work, since we <laughs> usually seem to applaud teams for who they signed. I don't know if people had different <laughs> perspectives on that.
2: Yeah,
3: I I, I pulled it, I saw it, a Reddit Sports Illustrated article about like the worst Regency signings and Carr and McGlinchey came up, just McGlinchey again too because it was such an egregious overpay. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy G was on there. Um, yeah, just because it's like Let, let's stay on Jimmy G because I, I think
1: that that was a bad move. Yeah. I don't. It doesn't really make sense for the Raiders to go ahead and do that because I, I think it was the last episode where I talked about. I do think that Matthew Stafford is or will be available at some point. Lamar Jackson is obviously available at some point. And I don't know if G, like Jimmy G is a step down from where Derek Carr was. I don't think that this team, mm-hmm. even with Devonte Adams and and all of that, like they not only did they add Jimmy G, they traded away Darren Waller for a third round pick, which I I thought was a good move. Mm-hmm. I thought was a good move. uh but where what what, what realistically are you trying to get out of this? What, what's your expectation with having Jimmy G? running the helm is it just another patriots thing where okay we get a guy who was a former patriot in jimmy g and we get a guy who was a former patriot in jacoby myers and we're just gonna do what the patriots continue to do because that has yeah, never worked for another like a former patriots head coach it, it, it
2: mm-hmm.
1: we're still waiting for the day for somebody to do it and josh mcdaniel's now mm-hmm.
4: trying to do it again and i, I just don't see that it happens Yeah, but like, I mean, what do you?
5: I would say Jimmy G is better than shelling out for Lamar, at least. I guess, I mean, Stafford's contract also would probably be worth it. So they're random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but backup? they're
1: better, but they're better players given where they're at. Like, they're like Lamar Jackson is definitely better than Derek Carr. Matthew Stafford, I would probably still say he's better than Derek Carr as well. I know that he's older, mm. but this team is. is definitely trying to win i mean they can't be like we're on a five-year rebuilding plan given the division they're in they have to be extremely aggressive with what they want to do the Chargers are going to surpass them it's or i mean they obviously have already surpassed them but they're only going to continue to grow the gap the broncos we assume that they're going to be better the chiefs are the cream of the crop when it comes to that the raiders going to get jimmy g feels like Like he's clearly the worst quarterback in that division, regardless of how bad
4: Russell Wilson might might have been. I got you. Yeah, Lamar at least would be in contention to be in the second
1: best.
0: I'll tell you one that I'm skeptical of. I'm not gonna say it's the Um, worst one. How about but Juju Smith Patriots signing Juju Smith fuster and then getting like basically letting Jacoby Myers walk to go and replacing him with Juju. (laughs) I don't think I don't know if that's going to work. It hasn't worked well for Belichick recently, his off-season uh, acquisitions. Let's say,
2: <clears throat>
0: and I don't think Juju is like a number one wide receiver in the league anymore.
4: <laughs> is he a so. fraud? No, I don't think so. I didn't, they might add somebody.
1: They might get DeAndre I, I don't, Hopkins. I definitely don't dude. think that. <laughs> like, oh, if if Juju is yeah,
4: I I really. Yeah, with just Bill O'Brien being there, there's no way that happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <clears throat> The Eagles, certainly both good and bad, had a
1: lot of news out there. Let's talk about um, one bringing back James Bradbury on a, a relatively friendly deal, and then cutting and then not cutting Darius Slay, who was <laughs> kind of out there in the ethers of, of, of what might be his future. They also lost Javon Hargrave, which I think is going to be big. Uh, But that was a great move by San Francisco to go and scoop him up, which now is, without a question, the best defensive line in the league. Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Hargrave. I mean, they're definitely locked in, and we don't need our star players play (laughs) every other position but
3: quarterback.
2: But Mm –
3: do you see? Hargrave said that like the second, like a day after he signed, they interviewed him, and he's like, "Yeah, the NFC Championship would have been different if Purdy, oh my gosh, or something." Oh, already, uh... I'd say a lot of crazy stuff too. If eighty-four
1: million dollars <laughs> <laughs> hit my bank account, I'd...
3: yeah, that's true. No, I mean, from the Eagles' perspective, I think it's been a replacement level type offseason. season. Like they did keep a lot of guys who helped them on the run last year. Bringing back Bradbury and Slay, I think, was important. Bradbury, I think, was a little better than Slay (laughs) last year. It's a little bit of a generous deal to Slay, I think, given the fact that I think he's turning 32 this year. But I like bringing him back. I like bringing Bradbury back. Yes, they lost Hargrave, but they drafted Jordan Davis to sort of take his place, who slots in the role there. The line's still really good. They brought back Fletcher Cox again. Brendan Graham came back. There's still Josh Sweat. Like, Yes, losing Hargrave is big, but the Eagles have enough depth up front. And drafting Davis last year, I think, was in some ways in anticipation of the possibility of Hargrave leaving. Uh, so I like that. Their only real weakness might be at this point. They, they don't have a, a ton of depth at linebacker. They lost TJ Edwards as well, which is uh, big. They lost Kaiser White. Um, and at safety. So they're going to have to do some work in the draft um, in terms of drafting some safeties and linebackers. N'Kobe Dean, I think, who was drafted last year from Georgia, will fill in nicely mm. at linebacker. He's expected but... to start yeah he is um and so i don't know in terms of the eagles i there was only so much they could do this offseason the offense is intact it was always going to be the defense but i'm less concerned about the eagles defense than the eagles offense i guess like if their offense is so good that they can paper over some inadequacies in the defense i think um they'll
2: probably have to draft a safety sign somebody else but we'll see
4: Also losing Miles Sanders.
3: Yeah. Or Sean Penny. To
1: uh, Carolina, who Adam Thielen truly believes there's a Super Bowl window there. At least in the short term. Yeah,
5: if Uh, Super Bowl window is spelled (laughs) with a weirdly large contract. (laughs)
2: Mm
5: Because he he got paid more than he probably... He should have gotten paid that amount Like if he was three or four years younger, is all. I think most of Mike's fans would agree, Thielen. That was a little bit on the downside, is all. But happy for the yeah. Panthers. I mean, it's, he's a name, at least. It's a draw.
4: Yeah, I guess. I thought that he maybe
1: he would have been better suited, taking like a one-year $3 million deal to play with Kansas City or something like that. But
5: I mean, yeah. I guess it's a question. Like, what is his priority at this point in his career? <laughs> well, at this point in the episode, your priority should be downloading, subscribing, and giving us a five-star review. Uh, if you don't know already, our socials are at the lunch underscore lunchpale guys. Uh, that's Twitter, that's Instagram, and that's TikTok. Uh, let us know what our takes were that were good or bad. We love to hear from you. Uh, and thank you for listening once again. And we'll catch you all back next week.